We are going to look for just a few minutes. If you've got your Bible, turn over. We've looked at some of these verses recently, but I was just led to these verses again yesterday. And we're going to look at a message that says, When a nation appeals to God. When a nation appeals to the greatest judge. And that's God alone. And we're going to look at uh, Esther chapter 3. We're going to start with verse Eight. I'm going to read a few verses right in the middle of this story. This is the story of Queen Esther and what God did in her life. But we're going to look at some things that kind of come home to us in the hour that we live today while we look at when a nation appeals to God. Hallelujah. If you've got that this morning, stand for the reading of the Word. And verse 8 says, And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed amongst the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's law. Therefore it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. You think there's some people saying that about us today? That we are a people that, that it's not profitable for us to be suffered. And it goes on in verse 9 says, If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand, and he gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the Jew's enemy. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given unto thee, the people also, to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Then... Uh, were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the, of the first month, and they were written according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants, to the governors that were over provinces, and to the rulers of every people and every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language in the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. And the letters were sent by post unto all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, the little children and women. And one day upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. To the copy of the writing for a commandment is given in every province was published unto all the people and they, that they should be ready to stand against that day. And the post went out being hastened by the king's commandment and the decree was given in Shushan, the palace, and the king, what was their response? The king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city, Shushan, was perplexed. They were troubled. They were confused. They were very troubled. Verse 1 in the next chapter says, we're going to look at three verses. When Mordecai, here's the response of the people, the Jews. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went into the midst out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry and came even before the king's gate for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth in verse 3 and in every province wheresoever the king's commandment and his decree came there was a great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and in ashes when a nation appeals 
to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You, Lord, and we know that, God, this should be the first stop we make is You. But, God, we find ourselves today in a perplexing situation ourselves. And God, we know that our nation is looking to all the wrong places. But God, who we knew to be looking to is to a holy God that's above it all. And God, today we're looking to you. God, our hope is in none other than a holy God that sits on a throne, that knows every detail, every heart, every plan. And God, your words always prevail. God, you do everything perfect every time. And God, we pray today as we see that in our lives, that God, we can appeal to you. And God, you're faithful every time. God, bless your word. Anointed, almighty God. And encourage us with it today. And God, meet us in these altars at the end of this service. And we're already thankful. Thanking you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I was preparing this last night and, and I was thinking of working on this and, and it just kind of struck me. I, I'd left out two verses. To, to shorten this down a little bit, I was, I'd left out verses 13 and 14. And then something hit me in the back of my mind. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. What, what, did them, what was that date that it gave? That there was judgment that was coming yeah. and was going to be poured out to the Jews on a certain date. In fact, we know that this wicked Haman who hated, was a demon-possessed man that hated the Jews and him, like many others, just like Hitler, who wanted to destroy him and his plan was to wipe them out. So that the people that opposed him, someone who stood in his way, someone who wouldn't bow down to what he wanted, he was going to wipe them out. And so he cast lots for everything that he did. He kept casting lots to figure out the perfect day to bring his dastardly deed. And here is the day that, it ha that he, this judgment was going to fall on. Look at verse 13. And the letters were posted, posted to the king's providences to destroy, to kill, to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, all our little children and women, in one day. What was that day? Even on the 13th day of the 12th month. And then I thought, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me look at What's tomorrow when I'm preaching this message? The 13th day of the 12th month. And I thought, well, Lord, this must be, this must be divine. <laughs> this must be you then because this is the day we need to be looking at this. Why? Because judgment. There, there is, there, if you look at the scene that we're living in today, if you look at the forecast, I'm not, I'm, not warning, I'm not sitting here talking about what your politics are. I want you to realize, and I don't care who you are, if you can't see that there is such a, an amazing attack on our liberty and on our government and upon our people and our churches and our nation. If you can't see that there is, there is an onslaught that's been cast forward to destroy our nation. There is things that's going on under the, the table that we see that in this situation, these Jews didn't know what was going on, but there was a backdoor deal that was going on and there was money offered so that their lives could be held in the balance. And it was a government backdoor deal that was going on in this story. And all of a sudden, because of money, there was a perverted judgment put on a people who were innocent. In fact, the most godly and wonderful people that was in that, that kingdom was God's people. And God blesses a nation who blesses His people. And in one fell swoop, because of a backdoor deal, there was judgment was going to come and God's people was going to be wiped out. But we need to realize that was man's plan. But God has the final word. And so we're looking at situation and it's troubling a little bit because of the current affairs that we have. We've been waiting. You know, no matter, we want, I, listen, let me put it this way. This, let me tell you what this preacher wants. I just want the truth to come out. I, I don't want there to be a question mark. 
I don't want us to go in for the next four years of whoever sits in that White House not knowing for sure who was supposed to be there. I don't want there to be all these things that's going on. We see a darkness coming over our nation. And the deeper they dig, the more they find out that all of our government agencies, there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know. And I'm not trying to get into conspiracy theories. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. I just want you to know, all you have to do is look a little bit and you can get troubled pretty bad. Because it seems like even when truth is brought out, there is a cover-up that's going on. Some things are starting to come out more. But all we needed to know is this. What is the truth? What is the truth? And we know we serve a God who is truth. And God knows everything. And so we look into the situation that our nation is under. And we've been waiting for someone to get to the bottom of things and to figure out what's going on so that our nation, and our nation can't heal. It's like this. If, if I've got, a, if I've got a, a growth in my arm, or if I've got a cancer in my arm, and it's bleeding, I can cover it up. I can put the best bandages that money has to offer. And it'll keep seeping through that thing until I finally go get it taken care of. The only way to heal it is you got to dig out and get rid of it. And then we need to know what the truth is. But we're looking at this scripture, and there is, a, there is a real predicament going on with God's people here. They have been judged, and they're going to be destroyed. And judgment's coming toward them, and they see that their days are short if God doesn't intervene. The king was in on it. So therefore, who, what are they going to do? Yes, they've got a queen that's a Jew, but she can't do it herself. The king's in on it. The only way this could ever be turned around is for God to intercede. For God to do something. And we're going to look today at two... We're going to answer two questions today. First is why should a nation appeal to God? Number two, what happens when a nation does appeal to God? First, why, do, why does a nation need to appeal to God? Because God is the judge that's the final authority. You know, we've been waiting around, and we, there's been a lot of, a lot of cases that, uh, that, that, uh, that go, that gets, uh, that gets decided in courts, but we have one that we have a lot of confidence in, at least I have most of my life, and that's our Supreme Court. Boy, when it gets there, man, we, you know, we're, the truth is going to come out. Things is going to happen. But we see this week that we can't put our confidence that, even, that, that they'll even look at it, that they'll even consider it. And so we need to realize that above our legislators, above our local officials, above our governor, above the president, above our courts, above everybody else, God is above it all. He's got the final word. Whatever you're going through in your life, whatever you're thinking. And these people knew that. They knew that if the God who is above it all didn't do something, He's the final verdict. And that's why they went to Him. Another reason we should appeal to God is that God is the judge that is the author of truth. He is truth. He is truth. Jesus said, I am truth. I'm the truth. You can take it to the bank. Whatever God says is true. It will come to pass. And there's a lot of things that we... Isn't it sad that we're living in a day and a culture and a time that you, you watch news, you listen to things, you watch documentaries, you read your newspaper and everything else, and no matter what side of the fence you're on, you don't know what truth really is. Because most... You don't have, you don't have confidence in it. You don't know. I don't care which side. You don't know because there's so many agendas that's going on. We don't know what truth is here. But we know who does know the truth. And so God is the author of truth. He's not only above it all, but He knows it all. Isn't that wonderful? 
uh, the worldly judges, the Supreme Court, and other ones, they have to rely on other testimony and documents. They don't know the truth. They didn't do any investigating. But we serve a God who sees everything. Not only that, why should a nation appeal to God? He's the final authority. He's the author of truth. Another reason is, is God is the judge that always provides righteous judgment. It's not perverted. It's not something for some agenda or someone who pays him off. It's always going to be toward the God's righteousness and truth and, and, and trying to do right and, and, and not evil. God is a righteous God. And when He brings judgment, it's always righteous. And so we need, if there's anything this nation needs again, it's the righteousness of God. We're not worried about the righteousness of God. People are too worried about their own political ambitions. People aren't looking out for their own pocketbook. They're looking out for their own agendas. But God has got one thing. He wants truth and righteousness and His presence to prevail and sin to be pushed back and chains to be broken. God is a righteous God and He gives righteous judgment. And finally, God is the judge. Oh, I love this one. Why do you go to God and appeal to God? All these other things are awesome. But we happen to have the judge as our father. The judge is our father. We come to a judge that's above it all, who has all knowledge, all power, and everything else, and he happens to be our father. Boy, have we got the inside track <laughs> when it comes to things like that. God that sets above it all is your and my father if we're living for him. Oh, what a wondrous God. So we, that we see, and there's plenty more we could talk about, but, the, but why, that that's why we should appeal to God. So what happens when you do? What hap- Thank God it's not the same as what we see happening down here. Let me tell you something. One thing that happens when you appeal to God, when a nation appeals to God, God hears. He takes the case. He takes the case. On the Supreme Court of the United States, over eight, just you probably know this, but in case you don't, they get eight, over 8,000 cases a year sent to the Supreme Court. How many do they hear? About 80. That means 99 out of every 100 cases that goes to that court, they throw it to the side. We don't want to touch it. We ain't got time. They, only, they, they pick one out of 100. They don't hear it. Your hope is, is everything in your life is tied up in that case and you've been done wrong and that case goes to the highest court and you have full confidence if they'll just look at it. I know they're going to see that I'm the one that deserves, that I need God's righteousness. I need help. I need God to come through for me. And they don't even touch it. They don't even open the folder. So we need to realize what is so special about our God. He takes every case. He hears every case that we call upon Him as His children. Esther 4.16 says, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, or and, uh, day, night, or day. Uh, I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Queen Esther had a predicament because she realized she goes through that door, and the law is, this is the law, there's a man standing there with a sword, and if that king looks at her because she wasn't asked to come, and he doesn't hold out that golden scepter, it says that her head will come off. 
She knows that she's up against it. She's going to do her part to appeal. She doesn't even know what she's going to do. But she's, she knows that her life's in the balance. And what does she do? Because the nation's in trouble, her people's going to perish, she has them fast and pray and seek God. What needs to happen in America right now, and I think it's going on, but I think we got to do it now more than ever, is the fact that our nation, if we want to continue being a nation, we have got to fast and pray and call out to God because He is the supreme judge. He's the supreme judge. And we put our confidence, and we know that when we humble ourselves before God, 100 out of 100 requests, He hears it before you even ask. Oh, my goodness. So why? what happens when we appeal to God? He hears it. Hallelujah. He takes them all. Hallelujah. He's looking for people that are humble for Him. What else happens when we appeal? When we a nation appeals to God, God works. God gets involved. He doesn't just sit there on a holy throne and says, I hope it works out for you. No, God gets involved. You know what, God? God gets involved with your past. This, this is... This is Almost hard to, it's mind-boggling. Let me tell you the thought that come to me this weekend when I'm reading this. Because we're going to see, let me read these verses and I'm going to tell you what I, what I was getting, let me explain. He goes to our past. Esther 2, 21 to 23. And this is when the, the this, is, this is before the story. This is something that happens, it's a footnote in Esther. And you might miss it if you don't watch. But it becomes very important later. It says in verse 21, And in those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, these are his right-armed men, Bigtha and Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it to Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name, and when inquisition was made of the matter, boy, we need some inquisition. <laughs> and when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Nothing happened for Mordecai. He just saved the king's life. And not a thing happened. He, could, he probably was waiting at least for get a thank you note. Somebody to come and knock on his door and say, hey, you get a better parking spot. <laughs> something, but nothing happened. In your Christian life, have you ever had something you was expecting? God, why didn't you do this for me? God, why did you forget me? You, you left me behind. God, I know you should have done something here. I'm, get, I'm getting mistreated, God. Do you not see what's going on? Lord, I just saved the king's life. I did something wonderful. And I keep getting harassment from Haman and not even a notice from the king. And if you, if you, that little footnote, if you don't watch, you'll think, well, God must have just let it pass on by. No, 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 no. We're going to see that God knew exactly what He was doing right there. He was saving this for a special moment. God works in our past. There was a plot against the king. Mordecai heard it. He told, his, he told Queen Esther, who told the king, judgment was brought when they investigated. They found out it was true. Judgment came quickly. And guess what? It seemed like it went from worse... To, I mean, bad to worse. Not only did he get forgetting, but Haman, who was under these guys, obviously, was promoted when they were taken out of the way. He jumped all the way up, and now he's number one. It says in verse chapter, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him, and set his seat above all the princes. 
that were with him. It looked like things went from bad to worse. It, it just seemed like, Lord, how could things get worse than this? This guy hates me. He hates the Jews. He hates because I wouldn't bow. The law of the Jews was they wasn't to bow to anybody but God. And he wouldn't bow to this man when he came out of the temple or out of the palace. And man, he hated him because of that. You know the story. And so he found out he was a Jew and he was like, he said, and the scripture says he decided he wasn't going to do anything just to him. He's going to take out the entire people. Everybody that was like him. People doesn't like Christians today. You realize that? Have you seen that happening a little bit? There is such a, there is such a, uh, animosity toward the things of God that people look and it's almost like we're simple-minded. We just don't have enough education. That's the why we believe what we do. We don't have, we, we're, we're weak and therefore we have to trust in God. No, no, no. Strong people is the one who puts their trust in God. Wise people is the one who puts their faith and trust in God. We got information they need to get a hold of. We've got an experience they need to get a hold of. But they're even in this hour, people can't stand the things of God because it's opposition to what they want to do. And so they'll come after the things. And it's, it's growing. If you look at how quickly things are moving, they're already trying to control their churches. They're trying to control everything that's going on. They'll, they'll let as many people that can go to go into a bar or go into a, a strip club or go into some shopping center or do something like that. But hey, we've got to make only 10 people in the house of God now. Hey. Hey, don't sing, don't sing, don't sing. You know what? You can see behind. I mean, some of these things, I'm not, I'm, hey, listen, I'm not saying this stuff ain't, some of this stuff ain't real, but I'm telling you what, there's more than just sickness going on. There's an agenda that's satanic, okay? All right, so we, we see here that God is working in our past because God was very involved. You're going to see what we were just talking about, that God was very involved in what just happened and how that was treated. God knew what He was doing. Let's go forward. God is not only working in your past. God's, we know He works in our present. Thank God He works in our present. That's where we need Him. I don't, I, yesterday is wonderful. Tomorrow I'll hope for Him. But I need Him today. I need to see Him today, don't you? Esther chapter 5, 1 through 4 says, And now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house over against... I'm reading fast. I'm just covering a lot of verses. Over against the gate of the house. Verse 2, And it was so... When the king saw Esther, oh boy, he had favor. The king standing in the court, the queen standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight. Boy, she looked good. He hadn't seen her in a month. She looked so pretty to him. And the king held out, out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Thank you for your grace, king. And then it says, and whose grace was it? It was his grace that she was getting a hold of. And then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? What is thy request? And it shall be given thee to, uh, to half the kingdom. And Esther answered, it, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. I have prepared for him. She's been fasting for three days. In fact, she's not only fasted, try this one. I haven't tried this. They haven't even took a drink. They went without water. Why? They were serious. This was a big thing. This was important. And today we are going through a, such a trial in our nation. Our nation's in a balance. And it's hard to get even people to pray. I'm not talking about you. It's hard to get our nation to pray. Now there's a lot of people praying. 
there should be a lot more crying and prayer going up before God that God do something to heal a nation that's more divided than it has been since the Civil War, if not worse. So we need to, we see that God was working. She hasn't ate, but she created a banquet for him. Listen, Scripture doesn't tell, didn't tell her what to do. When you get to the end of the story, you realize this was perfect what she did. Every detail. Everything worked out perfectly. Was it because she was such a wise queen? No, no, no. From the fact she's in that position as queen, all the way through the end of that book, you're going to find out everything that happened good in her life was because of the God she served. Because of the God she served. He gave her wisdom to what to do. And to have a banquet. To soften up the... Listen... There was a whole lot of money riding on this. This was a backdoor deal. And the king had gave his word. And if you know the law, you can't reverse it. There was no just going and saying, King, oh pretty please, get rid of it. Because he can't. She doesn't know how to do it. So she trusts in God. And God's the one who put the wisdom in her heart what to do. God works. God works in your past. God works in your present. Right when you need it, God will give you wisdom. Whatever you're facing, God will give you wisdom right when you need it. Has he ever done that? God's given me wisdom. Sometimes it amazes me. Almost tears fill my eyes. Because God, I know you spoke that to me. I know you're the one that gave me that. Because it wasn't me. Not only does he give, you, give her wisdom for a banquet with the king and Haman. And Haman, the very person. that If she hadn't included the very... Most of us would have said, just bring, just bring the king. I'll get him by himself and talk to him. But no, God was the one who directed her in her spirit, bring Haman, because you're going to see him being there is perfect. It's exactly what did the job. And so we go on, not only did that, but, he gave, but at the end of the day, after this banquet, the king is sitting there, he's eating out of her hand. Queen, what do you want? Tell me whatever you want, you can have it. No, 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 king. If you want to please me, you come back tomorrow. I want to do it again. Well, he's... Oh. Anticipate. He's excited. Boy, this man, my last queen wouldn't even come talk to me. This one's already giving me banquets every day. Boy, this is, he's eating out of her hands, and we see God's at work. God's at work. He'll give you wisdom when you need it. Not only that, God works in, God is working in your present, and God is working in the situation you're going. You know what else God did? Whole kingdom was impacted. This whole story turns around because of this one detail. She, by the way, she didn't. She didn't, it's a question mark. Why didn't she tell him? Some caution was in her heart. It was God that was that caution. Because God had some work to do that night. God had a lot of work he was going to do that night. Why? People's praying, fasting, calling out on him, sackcloth and ashes. They're trusted in God. They're saying, Supreme God, above all these people, that, that king thinks he's in charge, but you are. So we see that God had work to do. God would not let him sleep that night. Have you ever had your tro- sleep troubled? You're laying there, you're trying to go to sleep, and it seems like your mind is going 150 miles an hour. Every thought in the world is just flying through your mind. And uh, yours may be slow, but when, my, when I'm laying there and I'm trying to sleep, and if I can't, thank God most of the time I can unless I'm hurting or something, but I'm sitting there, all of a sudden it's like I'm just overwhelmed with all these things that I need. I'm going to forget that. Oh, I need to probably. And I'm sitting there, and my mind's just flying through all this stuff, and it's awful. And so the king had probably learned a long time ago, I might as well just get up and do, read or do something. Some of you may do that. Turn the light on, do something, read. And so is it just a coincidence that the king couldn't sleep? No. 
That wasn't a coincidence. That was God troubling his sleep because he had something to do that night. And what does he want to do? He wants to read. So he has one of his scribes come. Hey, bring me. He wakes by the way. I'm sure that scribe was probably sleeping pretty good. And the word comes to him and says, get up out of that bed and go get the chronicle of the activities for the last six months or what he told him which book. And go get one of the, the log books to tell me. He, this, this, by the way, other uh, literature says that this king was very good. Very prominent in recording every good deed that someone done in his kingdom. He recorded it. He wanted to make sure he got track of that stuff. They found some of the books. But we see that he came and he got a book. So he was reading, on this day you did this. And on this day this person come in. And on this day Mordecai gave Esther information. You investigated it. Found out that two of these men were going to kill you. And they were hung on a tree. And he starts going, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I remember that. I remember that guy. What do we do for him? What do we do for him? King, I can't find we did anything. What? See, God works in your past. Yeah. You mean, he did something back here and saved my life and we didn't do anything? Why? Wow, we got to do something. God works in your past because he knows what he's going to do in the future. So we see that God is working because he realizes that something needs to be done for this man. What he doesn't know is at the exact same time that he's troubled in talking about this, the exact minute he's talking about this, Haman's coming into the court, waiting for the king to come out of the inner court into the outer court, and he's waiting. You know what he's going to ask him? He wants to take Mordecai and hang him on a 75-foot pole that he's erected. And actually, it's, it's more likely it's an impaling pole. It's a long pole that they impale you through with and you hang 75 feet above the tree so everybody can see, don't mess with Haman. That'll be you. This is what happens to... And that's his plan. And he thinks he's in goodish spot. That's what he's coming in. That's the first thing going to come out of his mouth. And the king says, who's out in the court? See who's out in the court. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. We've got to take care of this situation right now because we're going to have to do something for him. And who's out there? Haman comes through with his dastardly plan. God's timing's perfect. See, God works not only in your past, but he works in the present. He's working right now. He's working today. So he says, who's out uh, uh, Haman's out there. Tell him to come on in. And he comes there and says, Haman, and he, you know the story. What are we going to do if somebody wants to exalt? And whatever? He has to be talking about me. He's so conceited. He has to be talking about me. Oh, let me tell you. And he tells him this big plan of leading through the city, riding the king's horses, put on the robes from the king, and have your top prince guide him through the street and let everybody bow to him and all that stuff. And, and he says, oh, that's good stuff. I agree with that. You need to do it. Go and get Mordecai. Put him on that horse. You put on the, you give him my robes. You give him my horse and you lead him through the street and you proclaim that everybody's got to bow to him. Wow, that's the worst thing in the world could ever happen to him. That's his worst enemy. That's guy. Do you realize that guy won't bow to me and you want me to bow and everybody else to bow to him? So we see that God works in the presence. Why? Because they didn't wait around and said, oh, let's just hope this gets better. Let's hope somebody somebody else in, in government does something to help us. No, they called out on a mighty God who's at work in their past and their present. Amen. We're going to look at a third one on that is God works in your future. Thank God He don't get tired of helping you today. He didn't, you didn't wire out all your chances yesterday. He's working in the future. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, On that night, could not the, we've already read that, He couldn't sleep. And, and oh, I've, I've, just, I've already told you about that. That is exactly, I'm going to say that. That is the verses that tells about that He couldn't sleep and what He did. God is working in the future and the king couldn't sleep and the chronicle was, re was read before the king. You know what else He did in the future? I got ahead of myself. You know what else He did in the future? Haman built his own gallows. 
He built his own gallows. I remember as a kid, every once in a while, <laughs> I'd get in trouble, and we's gonna, you know, if he's going to get, now, nah, Mom and Dad, I, you can look at me. I ain't got any scars or anything. So do you ever get whipped when you're a kid? I should have got whipped. By the way, anytime, I'm just telling you these things because I, I wish they weren't in here. I, but I got whipped every once in a while. In fact, I got whipped a lot because I was a pretty bad kid. I've told you that, right? I was a pretty bad kid. You know what I hated the worst? Mom would sometimes make me go get my own switch. I had to get my own switch. <laughs> I remember I've come back a time or two in the past, and I had this little, wee, little video thing, little thing that looked like it would just flip over, just wilt when you held it up. Whoop. And she got to where she said, now listen, if you don't get me a good one, I'll go get it. <laughs> so I learned, I remember a time or two, I was up there getting a switch, and I was crying. I was crying, I don't want to get a switch. I know what it, and I was looking at it and thinking, that's going to hurt, you know? So now again, I, I, I shouldn't dwell on that, but it is funny. I, I whip my kids, okay? So, hey, I need, I've always told them, if you only knew half of what I got away with, you wouldn't feel bad. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he built his own gallow. He built his, God knows what he's doing. You mean God's behind a man doing some evil deed? He's building something to hang a man of God on? Yeah, he did because he knew he wasn't going to be on it. He knew he was going to be able to turn it on his... You know what? That's one truth you can count on. Let me tell you something. The evil things that goes on in this world that we can't see, but we know they're going on, God is able to turn those things on their own head. God's able to reveal things and turn it on their own head. And all we want is God's truth to come forward and righteousness to prevail. Amen. What the enemy meant for evil, God's able to turn to blessing. And then finally, then we see not only that what happens that, oh my goodness, God works in your life. We see that God works in your present. Uh, 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 we see that God, when we appeal to God, God hears, God works, God reveals. Finally, God delivers. God gives righteous judgment. He delivers. Esther 7, 8, and 10 says, Then the king returned out of the garden palace. He's angry, by the way. This is where all of a sudden it's revealed what's going on. And she finally says, This evil, hey, I mean, you know, this, these people are, my life's in jeopardy and they're going to they're gonna kill me. And who would do this? This evil Haman. And so the king realizes, Oh my goodness, I have been set up. Oh, he's angry. This is my queen. He tricked me to, to do this to even to my own queen. And he goes out in the courtyard. Haman realizes he's in trouble. And he's begging for his life. He knows he's in trouble when he comes back in that door. And it says, Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman, God's timing's perfect. And Haman was fallen at that very moment. He fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Well, he forced the queen also before me in the house. And as the words went out of the the king's mouth what happened they covered Haman's face and verse 9 says in Harbona one of the chamberlains said before the king behold also the gallows 50 cubits 75 feet high which Haman hath made for Mordecai who hath spoken good for the king standeth in the house of Haman then the king said hang him thereon and this is this is God delivers and he does it so they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Yes. If you would have asked 
Haman 24 hours before. If you was at his house 24 hours before, you know what he was doing? He, he had his wife and his family and his friends all over. And he had a big meal. And he sat there and told them, let me tell you how awesome things are for me. Let me tell you how awesome things are for me. That I've been two days in a row. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to go to my second tomorrow to the queen. So only king and queen is there in me. And let me tell you how much money I've got. And let me tell you about all these things and how important I am. I'm above everybody else. I'm right under the king and queen. In fact, if something happens to him, it's probably going to be me. He thinks the world, he's on top of the world. His plan looks like it's working out. And in fact, he even complains. Oh, oh, I tell you what, but if it weren't for that Mordecai, I'd be feeling even better. And his wife and his friends is the one who gives him this dastardly deed. And we see that it, was, it wasn't just some coincidence. God was allowing him to set himself up because God was going to bring judgment on him. Listen, as a nation, we need God to bring and reveal truth so that we can see truth, so that we can feel confident in truth, and most of all, that His truth, the Word of God, would prevail. More people right now is looking to the Word of God than ever before because we can't get it in mankind. We can't get it anywhere else. But so they're looking, God, have you got anything to say? God's got everything in His control. No matter how it turns out, God is who we can put our confidence in. It doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter even what happens tomorrow or Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. We can know this. We appeal to God. He hears. And He'll, he'll respond. And He'll deliver. He'll do. God does it right every time. Whatever He does, it's going to be perfect. God knows what He's doing. And God will do it right every time. We see that when there is no hope, God is the final verdict. God's judgment is always righteous and good. He always delivers those who appeal and put their confidence in Him. We need Him, don't we? We need Him more than anything else. He turns evil plots. He reveals wickedness. He turns plots upon other people's heads. He reveals the, thing, the things that are hidden to where it's plainly seen. We see that in Scripture as I'm closing. We see that God does that. God reveals, I, 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 didn't, I jumped that section, but God reveals the truth. In Judges 7, we see Achan tried to hide the, the forbidden things and God revealed it. Imagine this. When the God brought, was bringing judgment and they lost that battle, they bring all, God says, bring all the, fam, all the tribes in front of me. And he stopped on a certain tribe. Now bring all those families in that tribe before me. And he stopped on a certain family. Now bring all the men from those before me. And God put a finger on Achan and he was the sinner. God, he had hidden things that was forbidden. And we see that God, there was judgment brought upon him. God reveals every lie. Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphire. They tried to lie to God. God knows it all. Yes, he, he revealed it. Acts chapter 8, Simon the sorcerer who had given his heart supposedly to God, but it looks like he probably didn't because he had evil motives in his heart. He wanted to give money to get the power to lay hands on people and to be able to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And we see that God reveals every motive. And today, God will reveal, even in the present thing, God, I feel confident, will reveal the truth. But today, we need not only in the situation we're in, but whatever situation you find yourself in, that situation that you don't have a clue how it could ever go a different direction. 
You, you've done everything in your power. You've used every resource you have. You've used every friend and relationship you have. You've done it all, and you don't know how in the world that anything could change. Let me tell you something. We serve a God. God is the a supreme judge above it all. Yes. When a nation or a people appeal to God, He is going to move, and He is looking for those who will put their confidence in Him. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Stand this morning. Hallelujah. Bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before You, Lord, and we know that, God, there's not a thing in our lives, there's not a thing in our nation, there's not a thing in this church, Lord, that You don't know everything. And God, instead of us waiting until, Lord, the last step, boy, it would be great if we would learn to make You the first step. And God, in every situation we face, God, we face things on a daily basis. And God, we get troubled because we don't know how to handle it. We don't know what to do. But God, if we would learn to put our confidence and trust, You have never failed. Lord, You are the same yesterday, the same today, and You will be the same forever. Your name is exalted above every name. Almighty God, this nation only exists because of Your hands under it. You are the strength. You are its help. You are the one that God, that we give glory and credit because You formed a nation of people who loved You and wanted to serve You. And God, throughout history, God, You have proved Yourself over and over again as a nation calls out on You. Lord, even in the darkest hours we've had, when we call out on You, You respond every time. And God, we put our confidence in You because, Lord, all we've learned to do in these last hours, God, we found out quickly we've had too much confidence in men and women. We've had too much confidence in courts and and government. We've had too much confidence in things that is not You. But God, we need to lift our eyes a little bit higher and realize, God, there is one that has never failed, who's never been shaken. And that God, every detail, Lord, You're all you're in the past, present, and future. And God, You know every detail. God, You've already been working in the past to God work on what we're dealing with today. But thank God, just in a short while, we're going to see what You've already been working to do. And God, we know that everything we want, it may know. God, when you do it, it is perfect every time. It's perfect every time, Lord. And God, I pray that you would stir the hearts of this church and this nation. Almighty God, that we would trust in you. God, that we would get our eyes off others. God, because we think we know how it needs to work out. And we just lift them up and say, God, we trust you with all of our lives and our future. God, our children and our children's children, God, is who's in the balance here. And God, we know this is such a pivotal pivotal moment in the history that we live. And God, I want to be on the side to say, God, when it got dark, God, I trusted you more than ever. God, I called on you with all my heart, mind, and soul and strength. God, I trusted you. My eyes were looking to the hills from whence cometh my help. It cometh from the Lord. God, we trust in you, Lord. God, we don't want our agenda and our plans. We want Yours. We want Yours, which will be righteousness, will be godly values, which will be Spirit-filled churches, will be people coming to altars and people trusting in You and calling out on You. Almighty God, that Lord government again would look at Your Word to be able to make their laws. Almighty God, instead of trying to go the opposite direction. God, You know how to do it. And God, we've been needing this for a long time. God, do it today. 
Do something that blows our mind because of who you are. We trust you. We're dependent upon you. Give wisdom. Give your spirit. Give direction. And God, give us peace. And God, give us unity. And God, give us revival like never before. We need revival. We need a turning back to you, almighty God, more than ever before. God, do it. Do it, God. Burden our hearts. God, let us not shirk it off. God, thinking that God, oh, it's not so bad. No, God, it is bad. And you see it that's even worse than we even see. God, you see every little detail. There's not one little thing that's hidden from you. There's not one little thing that's hidden from you. God, men and women, God thinks that they can hide sin from you and nothing's hidden from you. Almighty God, our nation, God, there's backdoor deals. There's all kinds of things going on. Lord, they're the people that we put our confidence in. God, reveal it and bring it down. God, give us a clean slate. God, do a miracle in our nation, God, so that we together could stand together, hands held, eyes lifted up, praising and worshiping You. God, I believe it. I see it. I know You can do it. God, it seems impossible with the human eye. But God, many, many, many times in the Word of God, it looked impossible until the moment You came through. And then You did it perfect every time. You don't need our advice or our coaching. You do it right every time. And God, I pray that what, whoever's in this house, that God, our confidence would be in You in every situation. That we would want God truth to come forth. We would want to see Your glory. And God, we would call out on You until we see it. God, we trust in You. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, I want to ask you to do something. I, if you Listen, as, as Priscilla would come this morning, I, I just want to ask you this morning, if you want to say, God, just whatever is important to you, whether it be the situation we're going through, or you're going through something you haven't even told us about, there's some things your heart's heavy and you've been praying heavily about it, and you don't know what you're going to do. You know what? There's some things in my life that I need God to move in. There's things in my life and your life I need God to move in. And sometimes when I pray, I say, God, that's, just, that's pretty hard. I don't know how you're going to do that. But I know God can and God will. I appeal to Him this morning, don't you? And this morning, anyone that wants to come forward, I want us to be a stand that you will come forward and you'll plant your feet in this altar up front and you raise your hands. And in doing so, what you're saying to God, I appeal to you, God. I'm not looking to my left or my right or anyone around, but God in our nation and in our families. God, I appeal to you. And I'm thanking you as I stand here, God, that Lord, you're going to do something that you're going to receive the glory and the praise and no one else can. And that's what I'm asking you this morning as Priscilla plays. This altar is open and those that come and stand is saying, God, here I stand. My trust, my confidence, my help comes from the Lord. I'm putting my trust in you. God, I pray that you would see each and every life. Almighty God, Lord, that we wouldn't sit there and not call out on you. But Almighty God, that we would come and God, we would get a hold of you. That our trust and confidence comes from none other than you. Almighty God, Lord, that you would stir and move. God, that you would show yourself mighty. God, you would show yourself mighty. God, we trust in you. Oh, God, no one's like you, God. Lord, you have everything under your power. You have everything under your control, God. Oh, we call out on you. We appeal to you, holy God. We appeal to a God who hears our voice every single time. We appeal to God. Oh, who answers every prayer. Almighty God, our trust, our confidence is in You. Oh, Lord, You see it all. 
Lord, that you would do a perfect work. God, that we would be able to give you glory and praise. We're doing it even now because of what you're doing. Because of what you're already doing. God, you've already been working. God, you've already been moving. And God, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you and in the power of your mind, the power of your glory, the power of your presence, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, mighty God, move, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God, move. Oh, God, move. God, each and every life, God, you see each situation. And God, these things that seem impossible, God, you're specialized in those things. God, these things we can't see how you can do it. But God, we're standing here in faith believing you to do it. Oh, God, deliver. God, set free. God, reveal. God, bring forth. God, have your way, God. Heal us, God. Heal a nation. God, move in our families, God. Lord, situations. The enemy says it's too hard for God. No, it's not. Oh, God, it's just an easy thing for you. Oh, mighty God, nothing's too hard for you. Oh, mighty God, I'm encouraged in you. I'm encouraged in your mighty power. I'm encouraged that, God, I can appeal to a God who hears me every single time. I'm